Action. Ooh, action. Ding-a-ling, ding-ding. That's right. You know Shama Lama. Ooh. Lama Yes. So tell me. Ooh, Mr. Craig. I will. Mr. Mr. Jason. (laughs) Who do we have? Oh, we got Sean Patel here. Ooh. Yeah. S.A.T. Superman. Ooh, super. He survives Shark Tank. Swings. Mark Cuban. Secured. Seated. Steak. So sweatily. Ooh, let's... It sounds all drippy and stuff. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Should we drink it all up? Let's do it. Let's dive into that pool of sweat and drink it down. Buckle up. It's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. Where did you start? Can we can we go back and what led you up to this? So you got all this stuff and obviously uh, massively successful at this point. But like, how did it start for you? Yeah, that's a great question. And so, you know, my original plan was never to be an entrepreneur. Really, it was just going down the medical school physician route. And back when I was in high school, you know, I ended up, I was going to urban public schools in my hometown of Vegas. And uh, Vegas, if you're not familiar, has one of the worst school districts in the nation, unfortunately, <laughs> um, because, you know, a lot of people can just go park valet at the Bellagio for $70,000 a year in high school. And it's like, mm-hmm. why go to college? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we didn't really have a lot of um, college backing or college advice when I was in high school. But one thing I did know is that I needed a high SAT score to get into some of the medical school programs I wanted, was looking at, um, like a direct medical program. And so I ended up getting only around average on my first SAT score in high school. And I was pretty disappointed with that because the programs I was looking at, you needed like a 99th percentile score. And so I ended up locking myself in the library, self-studying for this exam for hundreds of hours. I ended up raising my SAT score to a perfect score, which um, about 0.02% of all students uh, achieve, which is really rare. And I was able to basically change my life, you know, and I couldn't believe it. But um, I got into these awesome universities. I ended up going to the University of Southern California, love uh, Los Angeles. Um, But I got, um, you know, into the Ivy League schools, Berkeley, Hopkins. I ended up choosing USC because they gave me a scholarship um, that was full tuition. And I got a half a million dollars in scholarship offers. I got to be the president of the United States. It was like, wow, dude, I'm this 17-year-old kid. And my whole life completely changed because of this one score, you know? And so... It was, yeah, it was so cool and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, you know, my whole life changed because I I scored well on this one test and I want to help other students improve their scores so they can also change their lives. And I I really went about it the wrong way at first. Um, And what I mean by that is when I was at USC in undergrad, I was like, okay, I'm going to put together this book. And this book is going to have, it's going to be the first book by a perfect score SAT student. People are going to love it. And back then, self-publishing wasn't really a big (laughs) thing. Like this was 2010, um, you know, like almost 10 years ago now. And so, you know, you had to go through a big publisher. So I, I put together a book proposal and I pitched it out. I literally cold emailed and called 
a hundred literary agents and publishers and was like, I got a perfect SAT score. I want to write a book about how I did it and teach people all these cool strategies, techniques that I have to improve their scores. And every single one of those hundred said, no, they flat out rejected me. They said, you don't have a platform. The SAT prep market's too competitive. Um, you know, we don't like the book proposal. We don't think it's going to work. Not even and one maybe? I got a few a maybes. Hundred. Like that was exciting. Like when, when you get the maybe <laughs> and they take a phone call with you, you know, but like yeah. at the end of the day, it ended up going nowhere for, for a while. Wow. And so it was, yeah, I faced a hundred rejections and that was probably the lowest point uh, in my like entrepreneurial journey here was like getting those hundred no's, but, but it really made my like skin thick Not and uh, you know, really maybe um, who I am today, which is like, I don't take no for answer. Like I just keep going. And that's what I did is I was like, okay, well, I've written these hundreds of pages of SAT prep material. And so I'm not just going to let it go to waste. Instead, like I'm in my senior year of college before I go to medical school. Why don't I in the summer between college and med school, I'll make some money for med school and um, I'll teach some courses. So I'll take all this prep material I had written and turn it into a prep course. Like I don't need anyone's permission. I don't need a publisher to do that. I can just do it. And so uh, it was really tough getting those first 18 parents to sign up with their children with me because it's like, who's this guy? Um, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, I ended up in that first six-week course that I taught in my hometown of Vegas. Uh, those 18 kids, they ended up improving their SAT scores 376 points. To no put that way. in, yeah. So to put that into perspective, that's equivalent to taking a student who starts out in the 50th percentile, just average, and taking them to the 90th percentile. Now they're like, you, they've got this elite wow. score, you know, and that's in six weeks. Wow. And so while it was really difficult to get those first parents to sign up, it became insanely easy to get more parents. <laughs> like it was just, I had parents knocking down the door. They were like, we need more courses. Um, you know, you have to teach more, you have to teach more. So I was like, I can't teach more. Like, I'm going to medical school. So I started, I, I started um, hiring other instructors to teach my, my curriculum. And I was like, you know, I'll train you on how to teach the curriculum. This is how the course works. And, and that's really where the company was born. You know, that's, um, that's how prep experts started. It was just, literally, literally out of rejection, like getting rejected a hundred times. Otherwise, if one of those people had said, yes, like you said, I probably would have never started the course. I would have been like, okay, I got a book deal. Great. Like I got a book. Great. You know, um, yeah. the really funny thing about this whole story is like McGraw Hill, the world's largest educational publisher who originally was one of those hundred that rejected me once they saw what I was doing with the courses and the company prep expert, and they loved the website, they loved the score improvements. They're like, Oh, now we'll give you a book deal. Oh. Like now you've got this platform, you know? Like, <laughs> and so I ended up signing the book deal. Oh. Um, I, you know, was able to, um, that book went number one on Amazon for SAT prep. Uh, it sold tens of thousands of copies. And, you know, I think that the lesson in that for, for every entrepreneur, for every insurance agent is like, you can get rejected a hundred times and you can still come out on top. You know, like that was yep. really my, um, my lesson in all that is like, I was, I was literally 
pitching this to a hundred so-called experts, like in the literary field of test prep. And like, they all said it wasn't going to work and it, and it all worked, you know? So it was yeah. like, no one really knows or can predict the future or knows your potential. Um, like they didn't see how many hours I was spending. I, you know, I put in my 10,000 hours to write that book, to put that course together, to put that company. Like no one, uh, people underestimate your potential, the effort that you're willing to put in and the energy you're willing to put into your business or your insurance um, agency, et cetera. How did but, you keep your head straight through that? Like, like the mindset that you had to have, most people give up after two or three times. I mean, I would say the world is, is a very, it's a very, uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't put a lot of effort in. How did you not only put in that much effort, which is incredible, but to keep going? Like, what were you, what were your strategies? Yeah, man. That, I mean, that is, that's a mental toughness that I think gets built over time, especially with successful entrepreneurs. Like I've never met a successful entrepreneur who hasn't failed miserably. Um, and so, you know, I think that's a, a necessary evil of entrepreneurship, but yeah, as I was going along, you know, the, um, when I was getting those rejections, I was so close. You're so right. I was so close to throwing in the towel. I was like, if a hundred people don't, aren't feeling it, like, you know, what are the chances that this is actually going to work? What, what was funny is what kept me going was um, actually one student. One student was like, oh, you know, so when I originally was started trying to get the book deal and start the prep course, I was trying to do it in Los Angeles, actually very close to Huntington Beach. There's, um, um, I guess, somewhat close, but Beverly Hills, I was starting a classroom there and I was trying to get students in it. And it wasn't working. Like I thought, oh, LA is the best market because it's got um, a lot of people, a lot of wealth. Like obviously you want to go for a bigger demographic. And I wasn't getting any signups. Like I, like I was, mar I was literally putting flyers on high school cars. I was like going out there trying to market in every way that I can. I wasn't getting a single sign up. What, what kept me going was there was a student from the high school that I went to in Vegas. And he was like, uh, I heard you're doing courses in Los Angeles. If you ever bring them to Vegas, uh, I'll sign up. And so then I was like, well, he, no one knows that I have zero students in my LA classroom that I was going to start. Um, <laughs> right. Why don't I just move it to Vegas? And the funny thing was once I moved it to Vegas, I got like those 18 kids came in like pretty quickly. And, you know, that I think is a great lesson for any entrepreneur or any insurance agent is to be a big fish in a small pond. You know, I went about it the wrong way. I thought LA is the big pond. I should be in LA. But what you don't understand about those big ponds is there's a lot of big fish in there. And so there's a lot of competitors. And, you know, when I went to Vegas, I was like one of three big test prep companies in, in the city. And so it was like very easy to sign up students. And so, you know, I think for me, like I'd much rather enter a smaller market and dominate that smaller market than enter a very large market and, you know, be fighting for peanuts, you know? So that's yeah. kind of the, uh, the lesson that I got out of that one. Well, that, that the story of the, of the hundred rejections, I think is so important. And it, it just demonstrates, you know, the, the power, your, 
your power is in your passion and your caring. Like it wasn't just necessarily about writing a book and making some money. It was, I want to help these people because I've found something that's different. Like we all know, like they said, there's a million of these freaking books that you could buy. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You had identified, no, uh-uh. None of these books got anybody a 1600. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you said, I want to get this out there. They say no. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And no, all those rejections, because I'll tell you, I don't think many other professions get rejected as much as the insurance agent <laughs> yeah. all day long. I mean, we're happy with a 4% closing ratio, right? Mm-hmm. So at volume. And so it's, it's just powerful. And I think that this can be applied to what we do because in the same, in the same, uh, in, in the same idea and spirit, we have to get a message out about our protection to people that when they think, Hey, I just have to have this thing, you know, I have to have it. I hate insurance and they don't understand the liability. They don't understand the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Um, totally went off on a tangent because it just, but I connected those things. I think it's really important that agents don't get discouraged in the same way that you didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, fear of failure really stops people in their tracks, man. Like that's what I think I've, I, that's a skill. I think, like I said before that I've been able to develop through entrepreneurship because if you are an insurance agent or if you are an entrepreneur and you're afraid to fail, man, you're never going to succeed. Like never. you have to be willing to say, you know what? 96 out of a hundred people that I um, pitch this to are going to say no, but that's okay because the four people that say yes are going to make it worth my time, effort, and energy. Yeah. Yep. Somebody said it, fail fast, fail often. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to a mentor last night and, and asking, you know, Hey, you've done really good at scaling. You've done all these things. I, I just, you know, I'm in my head and, Fail fast, fail often. That was his advice. And I'm like, damn it. It's so you know, I just <laughs> yeah. got to keep yeah. grinding. Just keep grinding, keep failing. You're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what I'm really curious about, and I'm sure everybody asked you is, or asked you about is, how is it different? Like, why, why is this so different than all these other things that seem to be, it's a commodity, it seems like, right? Here, yeah. learn these vocabulary words, learn these things. So Absolutely. why, and it, Obviously, Mark knows what he's doing <laughs> when he, he identifies something that has potential. So what did Mark see in what you do and yeah. how it can impact the most people? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a great question. And so basically, the way that I put together the course, the way that I put together the book, I wanted to make it totally different than what was out there. So like you said, everything out there is kind of like a commodity. You know, when you look at the SAT math books, they're written by PhDs in math. When you look at the SAT uh, reading books, they're written by English teachers and all that. And exactly, yeah. And it's like, they're so dry. They're so boring. And I was like, you know what? I got a perfect score on the SAT, but I'm a pretty regular person. Like I'm a regular student. I got an average score at first and I built myself that way. So I really wrote it from a student's perspective on like, what are the 100 strategies that really helped me think about the SAT and answer these questions um, in the most strategic way to game the test? So I'll give you some examples. I noticed after I did the SAT, there's a writing section on it now. There's an essay that you have to write. After I started writing that, like I did probably 30, 40 practice exams, I noticed 
that if I just wrote the same template over and over, like literally 70% of it is the exact same. And I just plug in different words for whatever topic they threw at me. Um, I would get a perfect score every single time. It didn't matter like what it was. And so like, I literally published my template, you know, I was like, here's the template guys. And then all my students were getting perfect scores too. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, it was like no other company was doing that at the time. Now they're doing it. Um, but, you know, at that time, that was like super like, whoa, you're, we're not just going to give you a template. Like, you have to think about the thesis. You have to think about this. And I'm like, I'm, dude, I'm not an English teacher. Like, I'm just going to give you the template that works right. and gets you a perfect score, you know? Like, and so, like, uh, you know, another thing we teach is, like, uh, you know, the math section on, like, a Princeton Review course might teach you, like, regular algebra, right? Like, But for me, I'm like, okay, we're going to teach you how to avoid all the algebra. Like, how do you plug in these numbers so you don't have to do any algebra at all on the algebra questions? Like, this is how I did it. Just plug in the, you know, C for X. And this way you can avoid all the algebra. Like, I was trying to dumb it down more than anything. Um, But in a way, it was connecting more with students and really uh, sticking with them and and helping them. Um, And so, you know, the content was just like so fun. No, no, it was not fun to write, but it was fun for the students. (laughs) to learn like man (laughs) writing writing a test prep book and curriculum is like the most difficult task that i've ever done in my life it was like i did not know like i was signing up to write a textbook all by myself like you know but it was um but that's what you need to do man like that is what i consider um what makes people successful is putting in that ten thousand hours of effort to create incredible value because once you do that like that's like everyone is like oh you're on shark tank you you know um 20 million in revenue mark cuban deal like this is all great but they don't see like me like working 12 to 16 hours a day in front of a laptop putting together all the sat prep curriculum literally from scratch looking at a white page you know like the blinking cursor or blinking cursor that everyone hates like you know (laughs) staring at that white page every single day day in and day out for, you know, months on end. Um, so, I, you know, that's, there's just no replacement for putting together that, uh, val- that high value for your customers, um, your potential clients. So you hacked learning, basically. You hacked a way <laughs> to, yeah. to, to do it in the most effective way rather than going or I guess the the path to the quickest success rather than the long journey that they want yeah. you to take where it's like, yeah, exactly. I didn't want to just teach students what they were already learning in high school. Like that wasn't the point, you know, right. like, um, like that would be a total waste of their time, waste of my time. Um, I wanted to teach them the stuff that, you know, I spent hundreds of hours figuring out in the library by myself. And I was like, I'm going to teach this now, you know, like I, I, I learned it myself and I think I could teach other people how to do it. Yep. And then to the other point, what you were saying is if you do the stuff that most people are not willing to do, like put in those 10,000 hours, then you will get what most people don't have. hundred percent. You know I mean? If so you want to like, be a part of the 1% club, like you've got to put in that, uh, extra effort and energy. I mean, everything good that has ever happened to me has always come from me putting an incredible amount of time, attention, energy, effort 
into producing value. So like when it comes to putting the book together, it was me um, spending all those hours writing the book. When it was comes to the perfect SAT score, it was me spending all the hours studying. When it was co coming to put the, the company together, it was me putting thousands, hundreds, now thousands of hours into the, the company. Um, me going on Shark Tank, man, man I prepared hundreds of hours for my Shark Tank pitches before I got on Shark Tank. I mean, it was, it takes an incredible amount of preparation, focus, and energy to um, be able to do what most people can't. You know what? Let's, let's um, I think that's a perfect segue, just for entertainment value. Can you just take us through that journey? Because I'm sure a lot of people are curious, and I'm sure you've said it a billion times, but hey. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, Shark Tank was definitely like the high point uh, in my um, entrepreneurial journey. And so like, it's a funny story. Like back in 2015, I was just such a huge fan of Shark Tank like everybody else. Yeah. And I was watching it one day, and it just sort of clicked in my head. And I was like, hey, like what? I'm watching all these entrepreneurs, but I, I have a small business and it's in Las Vegas. And if I got some investment, I'd love to expand it to more cities. I'd love to expand the online platform. I'd love to hire more people. Um, and, you know, I'd love the exposure of Shark Tank, obviously. And so I saw that they were doing uh, auditions in New York City and so I went down and I saw, dude, I was, I'm always late for things. And so I was like the last person in line. <laughs> I was like number 500 out of 505 people waiting in line uh, for a one minute pitch to a casting call producer. And I spent nine hours in New York city, like literally to give this one minute pitch, um, which again, I had spent dozens of hours just to put together this one minute pitch. And um, luckily, when I got to the front of the line to pitch the producer, his eyes were like bloodshot, but he was still like awake um, after seeing 500 people pitch him. And uh, he loved my pitch. And actually, no, that's, that's false. He didn't love my pitch. He hated my pitch. Um, he did not like my pitch. He said, um, his eyes were totally stone cold. I was saying all these things that I thought were super interesting. Like I was like, Oh, I've been in the New York times. We've done a million dollars in revenue. And I was like, and none of it was clicking for him. And then at the last second behind my back, I pull out my SAT prep book and his eyes light up. He is like, oh my God, you're a published author. Like your face is on this book. And it was so funny because if I didn't have that book with me that day, I don't think I would have made it on Shark Tank. Wow. He was super impressed with it. And, and there's another lesson in that, which is like one success will beget other success. Meaning like the book deal was so, so important, not for the sales of the book or the royalties that I've made off of it, but because it impressed a Shark Tank producer enough to then within two to three months, I was being flown out to LA to pitch the sharks. Like if I didn't have that book, I wouldn't have been on Shark Tank, which is crazy. Um, and so, it, and that's another great lesson actually for um, agents and entrepreneurs out there, which is you have to build a platform. 
like, you know, I built my platform the old school way by having a book. You guys are building it the new school way by having a podcast, but like you build <laughs> your platform and it just brings more and more success to you because you're building that authority. Like that producer, that Shark Tank producer was impressed because that book gave me authority. And now I'm sure millions of people are impressed with you guys because your podcast gives you authority, right? Like that's what yeah. it is. It's like, you got to build your authority, whether it's a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel, a book, um, do something to build authority as an, whether you're an agent, an entrepreneur, whatever it is, you know? And so that, that book gave me the enough authority to impress this one guy who, who opened the key or the open the door to shark tank. And so then, you know, I was in LA I prepped probably 200 hours for that Shark Tank pitch. Um, and it was so funny because as soon as I walked in that, those two like big double doors at Shark Tank, uh, I like forgot everything. I was like, it all, it all went out. out. Like I was totally in the zone, um, in the moment, I should say. Like, you know, they say I was in there for like an hour and a half and it just felt like 10 minutes. Um, and I know it wow. shows only 10 minutes on television, but like you're, the, the entrepreneurs are in there for quite a while getting wow. grilled. I just um, sweat dripping down. Yeah, my sweat is dripping and everyone's like, why is this guy sweating so much in 10 minutes? It's like, no man, I was in there for an hour and a half, no water, just like, you know, yeah, yeah, just getting grilled by everyone, yeah. And so for those that have, uh, haven't seen my episode, like it totally um, looks like I'm going to tank. Like I, I just get crushed by the sharks. Um, I, I went in there so cocky. I was like, oh, I'm going to get multiple deal offers. Like everyone's going to love my business. It's profitable, it's growing. <laughs> and then like reality hits me in the face really hard. And everyone is like, no, we do not like we love the business, but we do not like you as an entrepreneur. You're in medical wow. school. You're becoming a doctor. Like, do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be an entrepreneur? Like this is you, you need to be all in on the business. You can't be a part-time entrepreneur. Like I get totally destroyed in wow. the tank. And then at the last second, literally within the, like, I was like, Oh man, I don't even think they're going to air this on television. This is going so badly. And so, um, uh, at the last second, Mark Cuban ends up giving me an offer for a 20% equity uh, or yeah, he quarter million dollars in exchange for 20% equity. And it, it was just like, he saved the day. It was uh, such an exciting moment. And it's, it's been great working with Mark ever since. You know That's what, awesome. you, you know, what's so awesome about that. And you said it too, is like each thing leads to the next thing. Those hundred rejections set you up for that moment because here they are. They're not, they're not rejecting your product. They're rejecting you. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine like, well, you don't have to imagine, but, <laughs> but the, the personal rejection, right? Instead of just the, the, the thing that you're selling, that's hard enough. People, usually entrepreneurs are married to that thing that they're, that they're involved with and that gets rejected. It rejects them. But they're like, hey, this thing's okay, but you – we can't mm -hmm. handle you. And you're just mm -hmm. like, what? And, mm -hmm. and go sweat <laughs> like an airplane. And, but you persevered and Mark saw something. Which is, I mean, that's just awesome. It's such yeah, a Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so funny because after the show, 
so many people reached out and I think this is why it was a popular episode it and they were like man I was rooting for you like you know screw those sharks like we were <laughs> like you know I'm also a student or I also have a full-time job and I'm trying to start my company on the side and like you know um, I'm sure you guys see this all the time like tons of people start their um, insurance company on the side of their full-time job right and it's like they were all rooting for me because they also have their side hustle or their side business that they're getting off the ground while being a full-time student or full-time uh, fully employed um, full-time employment and so you know that was what was so inspiring is that that and that's why I still do what I do is I really want to inspire those out there that, you know, like we talk to bring it sort of full circle as to what we were talking about at the beginning, which is like, you really can um, in this day and age more than ever, you know, be able to have a business, be able to have a full-time job or be a student. And how many students do you see articles? It almost comes out every day. Like college students starts multi-million dollar company out of dorm room. Yeah. Like, you know, it's crazy now with technology. Um, and, and I'm sure you guys probably could tell me much more, but I'm sure there's tons of successful insurance agents who originally started um, while they had a full-time job in something completely different. Yeah. Or scaled some yeah. other business while they're being an insurance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We see that a lot more. I, I would say like the side hustle for the insurance agents that are, because it's, it's a grind. Like, yeah, you got to have that side hustle. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Cool, man. Um, so tell us uh, when it, so after that journey, um, where did that, that's like the pinnacle, right? That's what everybody's, you know, yay, you, you did it. So <laughs> how tough though, like, like after that, what, what were the steps after that? And, and how, I mean, juggling all this stuff, like tell yeah. some of the struggles, like the real. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like, basically, you know, after you go on shark tank, you make the handshake deal. It's like, oh yeah, great. Um, but there's a lot of due diligence that goes after that, right? So, um, you know, Mark's legal team and my legal team essentially come to an agreement on all the terms of the equity investment. That's a long process. I mean, my process probably took six months before the investment actually hit after the due diligence occurred. And um, so, you know, a, what a lot of, yeah, what a lot of people don't realize actually is only about 50% of the handshake deals that they see on television actually end up closing um, afterwards. So like I'm in that rare, like, you know, 50% of people make a deal, then 50% actually close the deal as it actually appeared on television. And what and does so, that do to um, you know, that's a great question. And it's a, it's a funny one. A lot of entrepreneurs are just very, um, I should say not lie, but embellish, uh, yeah, what they idealistic. say. Yeah, exactly. They'll, uh, sort of inflate their sales numbers <laughs> yeah. or they will. So I've heard some people didn't even really have LLCs. Like, you know, they didn't actually have like a, a real company. And so like, it's all kinds of craziness, you know, but, um, you know, once you make it through the due diligence and you work with Mark, I mean, it's an amazing experience because 
you get full access to Mark Cuban. So um, I usually email him updates about the company once a week. And it's, uh, you know, really great to have him as a business advisor. We've done everything from, uh, we published a book together for kid entrepreneurship. We, um, yeah, we've been able to uh, record a couple of Shark Tank updates together. He's negotiated a licensing deal for us that doubled our licensing revenue to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, I mean, he is amazing at marketing for us. So that's amazing that you get access to, to Mark Cuban because obviously he's a super busy guy. Then you get access to the Mark Cuban company's team, which was really helpful in, like you said, scaling after Shark Tank. So um, they have everyone from accountants to business developers to marketing um, uh, business finance and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, getting access to all of that and the partnerships has been huge as well. So where do you go from Shark Tank? Like, so when we aired on Shark Tank, it was incredible being, I mean, an online SAT and ACT prep course company. It was awesome because the weekend we aired of Shark Tank, we did about a quarter million dollars in sales. Just to put that into perspective, the entire wow. year before Shark Tank, we had done about a half a million dollars in sales. So we did you know, half of our annual revenue in one weekend. And so you wow. get this like huge Shark Tank bump, but then you have to be able to sustain that some way. So what I did is I invested a lot into our digital marketing efforts because prior to Shark Tank, we were really running off word of mouth. Like I wasn't really investing anything in marketing. And now, um, you know, I was like, well, we can't just have this one bum from Shark Tank and then like go flat again, you know? Uh, we have to be able to keep this thing going. And so I started investing in bringing digital marketers on, investing in paid advertising, everything from Facebook ads to Instagram to Google AdWords, Pinterest, Quora, Snapchat, you name it. Um, so, uh, that was amazing because we were able to then, um, digital marketing is amazing because you're able to, uh, target your specific demographic for your business. And so being an SAT and ACT prep company, everyone gets it wrong the first time and they say, Oh, so you should uh, market to high school students. And it's like, no, that's not who my, that's not my target, uh, customer. That's my target consumer my target customer is the parent of the high school student. And so Facebook and so many of the other digital platforms makes it very easy to be able to um, essentially advertise to our uh, or parents of high school students. And so uh, we've really invested heavily in digital marketing since Shark Tank, and that's worked out really well from a return on ad spend and been able to continue to grow the business through digital marketing efforts um, since Shark Tank. And Prior to Shark Tank, we had about a $1 million in revenue in total. Since Shark Tank, we've had over $20 million in revenue. And so, I mean, it's a 20 wow. uh change. And so it's uh, definitely been a wild ride, but, but a fun one. How is managing home life with <laughs> all, all of this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you got to take your days off and make time for family for sure. So, um, I 
I, I basically make sure I do a couple of things. I, I will work one weekend day as you ha as you probably have realized that I'm very busy <laughs> between being a doctor and an entrepreneur. So I will work a Saturday <laughs> or Sunday, but then I'll take a Saturday or Sunday and I'll make sure that me and my fiance do something fun, whether it's dinner or comedy club, go out, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, make sure we, uh, and then one day during the week we'll go and, you know, to a basketball game or whatever we want to do. Um, but yeah, for the most most part, I mean, you know, I think for an entrepreneur's mental health, you you do have to work more than like we talked about before, 99% of people, but you have to make time as well to rest, relax, and sort of recharge. Um, and yeah, so I think that's kind of how I make sure I balance it is to take that one weekend and that one weekday. So I break up the week a little bit so that I'm not working, you know, seven nights a week, et cetera. That's so awesome. awesome. <laughs> That's true. Great, great advice from a great dude. It's, it's funny that you wrote that book. Probably people probably think you're like, I don't know. They always, you know how smart people are. It's like smart people are kind of like this, but you're, <laughs> you're super outgoing dude. It's awesome <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been super fun. And like I said, yeah, I'm just a regular dude. Um, uh, I love the name of your guys' podcast because I identify with being a dude. So uh, <laughs> spending cool. 10 years in California. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yep. I, yep. I say it all the time. I love it. It's part of, it's part of the culture, you know? Yeah, here. exactly. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> Well, Sean, thank you so much. Um, I know you have to go back to looking at skin and uh, <laughs> yeah. conditions. Um, and uh, hey, we, we just appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks so much. No, thanks so much. Um, if there are parents out there that want to sign up their kids for SAT courses, definitely check out prepexpert.com. And for the entrepreneurs, uh, check out my book on Amazon, Self-Made Success. That awesome. was going to be my next Jason, thing. We'll Is there anything else? Is there anything else to, to, to get a hold of you or to follow you? Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I love after these podcasts when people email me to let me know what they thought. So you can email me directly, sean at prepexpert.com. Uh, it's spelled S-H-A-A-N. And uh, you will get a real response back from me probably at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, sure. but, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, email me, follow me on Instagram. It's Sean Patel, S-H-A-A-N-P-A-T-E-L. Um, I'd love to connect with everyone listening. That's uh, so great. Dude, that's and I huge. know Jason with his, with his 16 kids will definitely have them uh, <laughs> doing this. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. me with my great, great, great grandkids, they will also be enrolled. So uh, thank you so much, Sean. It's yeah, it's been so, so fun. fun. Thanks for the time, guys. For sure. Cool. Thank right. you. See you guys. Have a good Bye. one. Hey, you've got to check out the Insurance Dudes Inner Circle coming soon where you get extended interviews as well as live coffee talks in our private Facebook group. Join the mailing list today at theinsurancedudespodcast.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the Insurance Dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.